Good morning. Well, I uh, thought I had a real good idea this morning when I brought this, but I realized very quick at Tahlequah campus that you're not going to be able to see it because unless you're right here, you really can't see it. Maybe some of you in the front row, but I don't know if you see this, what it is, if you can make out what it is, but this is a playbook. So these are a bunch of different plays, and I have Marissa to thank for getting me this. I dug around because I thought that I had uh, some of my old playbooks laying around, couldn't find them, couldn't find them, so I asked her, and she found that one, but that's a playbook, and as we was discussing this and talking about where I was going this morning, and I just began to think, even though I couldn't find my playbook, the old playbook that I had from, from my playing days, I would say there's about 90% of those that I could still run right now because I studied it when I had it. I studied it uh, when I was playing. I practiced them. I put them into play. We executed them as a team. And so a lot of those, they're just so ingrained. I just know them. And I guess further proof of that, it was uh, Coach Wheeler, that's my high school basketball coach who's at Inola now coaching the girls, and they were in our, our Locust tournament, and me and Marissa were sitting a couple rows up. They were playing. I think our game may have been right after. It was right before. And when they would get into uh, their, their play, I'd lean over to Marissa and say, we used to call that play bull. Here's what's about to happen. Next time, that offense, we called Baylor. He called it something else now, but we called it Baylor. And I remember, and there was four, five, six different ones that I just remembered because we ran them so often. I knew them. I learned them, studied them, uh, and, and executed them many times on a basketball court. And so uh, that's the playbook. And I just got to thinking many times it's been referred to as God's Word. That's our playbook. And... My Kingdom Fit Men's Group, uh, which is very similar to the 12 and 24, whatever, the 12 and 20 year groups, uh, I just took the twist of adding something that I'm passionate about and love, and that being fitness. So we go through devotions, and we have workouts each day sent into the group. Uh, But we just went through uh, a series of studying the playbook Uh, And that is God's Word as Christians, understanding the plays and executing the plays. And so as I was thinking about that, looking for that, kind of led me to and got me to where we'll be today. And so you can turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And while you turn there, the plays that we went over, the plays that we talked about, as we walk through studying the playbook in our Kingdom Fit Men's group, number one is the salvation play. It's the most important play. It's the first play you've got to execute on. And I like to call it victory formation because 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, Thanks be to God who gives us victory in Jesus Christ. And as I was thinking of victory formation, it's, it's what Jesus did on the cross that gives us victory, that gets us uh, saved, changed, and into heaven. And so... 
Victory formation. What's the play? How do you execute it? Well, you got to admit you're a sinner. You got to believe in Jesus, who he is, the Son of God, what he did. He came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was buried, and on the third day rose again. And then you got to confess those sins and commit uh, your life to him. And so the salvation play, we talked about that. And then we moved on the next day and we talked about the sanctification play, being set apart. It's not good enough just to be saved and then go back to doing the exact same things you were doing before you got saved. After you've been saved, God makes the play call to begin to work in your life to change you. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so we talked about the do's in the playbook. We are called to do things like help our orphans and our widows. We are called to do things like go and make disciples, uh, to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And in James 4.17, it tells us that to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And so many, many do's in the Bible, the plays, the calls that God tells us we need to do this. We need to do that. And so when we are not doing those, we're not being set apart. We're not being different uh, from the world. Then we talked about the don'ts, uh, the do-nots of the, of the Bible, of the playbook. We're not to lie, we're not to steal, we're not to partake in sexual immorality, we're not to have idols, the do-nots, again, many, many don'ts, uh, the do-not-dos in the Bible. But then we talked about dispositional uh, sin, and that is our bad attitude, bitterness, unforgiveness towards others, and we're called to love each other and to be in unity as brothers and sisters. And so that was our sanctification play. God calls us to be sanctified, to set ourselves apart uh, from the world, David just sang about it, this, this world is not my home, right? This is not, uh, we shouldn't feel home in this world. And so when we sanctify and set ourselves apart, uh, that's how our life will look. It'll look like we don't fit in. It'll look like we shouldn't be here. This isn't our home because it's not. And then we moved on to the serving play, play called service. And we talked about how we can serve. We can use our gifts. Uh, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that God has given you. One of my favorite passages of Scripture talking about gifts. And so we are called to stir up our gift, to use it uh, for God's glory, to advance His kingdom. And we talked about how we can use our giving. We give of our time. Sometimes we're going to have to sacrifice our time uh, when it comes to our service. We all have busy schedules. We all have things to do. Uh, but we're called to serve, and that takes our time. And so you need to give of your time. You need to give of your tithes. We're called and commanded to give the 10%, but we should also be willing uh, to give when there's a need that needs to be met. And so it takes a sacrifice of giving in our tithes and the things that we have. And so that was our service. We talked that day about not having the ability, but having the availability when it comes to our serving. And then we moved into soul winning, the play on soul winning. It's our great commission. It's, again, we talked about it in our saint, the dues. We are called to, we are commanded to go and tell people about Jesus, to share the gospel. It's our business, and there's no plan B. God called us when we are saved. Your play calls to go tell people what I've done for you and what I've done in your life. And so we talked about soul winning. And then the last day... Our second to last day, we talked about uh, the play of the second coming. And that's when I said Jesus calls game. 
He called game at the cross when he said it was finished, but this is when the game ends uh, and we celebrate. And that is celebration in heaven when Jesus comes and gets us and takes us with him. And so just walk through the, the playbook, the plays that God has for us and the importance of studying the playbook. And as I was going in, kind of thinking we were transitioning out of uh, the playbook series in our Kingdom Fit Men's Group, we got to, or I got to today's passage and realized God has a play on studying his playbook. A play on studying, I don't know if a coach has ever done it before, but God put a play in his playbook on the seriousness, on the importance of studying his playbook. And so Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read verses 6 through 9 And today I want us to look at the importance of studying the playbook, that is God's word, uh, in our Christian lives. So we can win at the game of life. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the, all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and you may have, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Pray with me. Father, I come to you, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, I just pray that you would increase and I would decrease, Lord, and that you would just use me as your tool, as your vessel today, Lord. I just pray that you would give me the words. Father, I just ask that uh, as I'm done, that we would all respond in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the importance of studying the playbook. When I look at it and read this passage first, I see that when we get in our playbook, when we're studying our playbook, that is studying the Word of God, uh, it brings confidence. Three times in this 6 through 9 passage in Joshua, he says, Be strong and of good courage. Only be strong and very courageous. Be strong and of good courage. And so that sounds like confidence. That sounds like confidence. And we want, I hope, to play the game of life, to run this Christian life uh, with confidence. And when I think about as a player or as a coach now, when I knew what was going on, I had more confidence when I stepped on the floor. And I think 90% of the time when, when kids look timid or scared, uh, when they're in the game, whether no matter the sport, football, basketball, I think 90% of the time is because they don't know what's going on. They just don't, they're lost. They don't know the play. They don't understand. Uh, they don't understand what's going on. And so I knew when I got in my playbook, it was going to bring me confidence when I stepped on the floor because when I was on the floor and I heard the call from the sideline, hey, we're running this, we're running that, I knew where I needed to be. I knew what I needed to do. I knew what I was going to do. I knew the plan uh, that we were trying to execute 
Uh, and so I was confident rather than being lost, scared because I didn't know uh, where I needed to be or what uh, I needed to do. And so as Christians, it's no different. When we get in this, we can have confidence because we know what we need to do and we know where we need to be. Even if we just look back um, at the things that we talked about, the plays that we talked about, I went through Kingdom Fit Men. You think about sanctification. When I'm in this and I'm reading this and I'm studying my playbook, I'm more confident about going and living a set-apart life, a sanctified life. Because if I'm not in this, how would I know what to do? How would I know what not to do? How would I know how I should act toward others if I'm not in the playbook and I'm not studying the playbook? So it gives us more confidence uh, to be sanctified, to be set apart and living opposite from the world. But it gives us more confidence to serve. Uh, when I'm in this, and I am uh, growing and learning, it gives, it's not only going to make you more confident, but it might give you some more opportunities to serve because you are growing. Uh, and I, many times are, if you're not in this, you're probably not even willing or want to serve because you're not doing the things you need to do anyway. And so it gives us more confidence when, we come, uh, when it comes to our service to the Lord. But then it gives more confidence when it comes to our soul winning. If you know the word, it's a lot easier to share the word. Uh, and, and I just think about a conversation I had when I worked at the FIT at NSU. Uh, one of the, fe- he was a fellow worker with me. We were both running b- the back behind the desk. And uh, I don't remember, like Bryce runs the BCM, it was one of the other Christian, uh, whatever, groups that met. And he was just discussing, we were kind of discussing one of the meetups. And can't even really remember exactly what that conversation was about or what all it had, but I just remember uh, after that conversation ended and even like quite a bit later, a few hours later, whatever, the end of the day, sitting there thinking about it, I just remember thinking, I, I quoted verses, I quoted some passages of Scripture that I really didn't even know that I knew. And, and I think when we're studying this and we're being diligent uh, to study it and to know it, Sometimes it's that subconscious, just like, I mean, I, I haven't looked at my old playbook in a long time, but I've just looked at it enough that I know, and that's how that conversation felt. It was way after the fact that I'm like, I remember saying things that I really didn't even know that I, I knew, uh, but I've been studying it, and so it came out, uh, and so that's how it should be. When we're in our Word, when we're studying uh, the playbook, we can have those conversations easier when God calls the opportunity to share Man, it's easier. I can tell you it's easier, and you're more confident uh, to share when you've been in the playbook. But then I even think of the play on the second coming. We use that day in the Kingdom Fit Men's Group, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, talking about the second coming, the comfort of Christ's second coming. And Paul in that passage says, don't be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. And he doesn't want us to be ignorant either. He says, as those who have no hope. And the reason he was doing that is the Thessalonians, those people at that time thought if they didn't live uh, to see Jesus come again, they wasn't going to get to go to heaven. They, if they didn't live to see the second coming, they thought they were in trouble. And so... It brings us confidence in that we know more about the second coming. We know more about the events and the things in this playbook because we're studying up and we're ready. And it's 
Common sense, knowing the playbook brings confidence to your game. Knowing the, knowing the playbook brings confidence to your game. Whether it be in sport or in the game of life, when we know this and we know our plays, uh, you're going to play more confidently. I just think about this passage here in, in Joshua even. Uh, Joshua, Joshua was confident. He was confident. He trusted and how could you not? Right here when it says, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you study your playbook and you read verses like that, how could you not play with confidence? Knowing that no matter what I go through, in a game you're going to have adversity. In life you're going to have adversity, but God's with you. Uh, in a game you're going to go through the ebbs and flows of scoring runs or maybe getting a run scored on you. But I can have confidence in the game of life when those things happen. Uh, I got God with me wherever I go. And so there's scriptures, there's things in this playbook that should give you confidence as you go through the game of life to play, uh, to play more confidently. But then secondly, it brings unity. Just think, if everybody on the team knows the plays, then everyone knows what's going on. Uh, probably the thing that I hated the most as a player was the kid who didn't know the plays. And that's because I, and I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I knew the plays, and I could probably run any spot on the court, one through five. I was the point guard, but I could run one through five just because I wanted to make it a point to know where I was going to be and what I was going to be doing. And so it drove me nuts when you get in the game and someone uh, on the floor doesn't know what they're doing. They're lost. Why? Because you can't execute, even when just one person doesn't know what they're doing. It, it causes execution to be much, much more difficult. And so when everyone's on the same page, when everyone knows uh, the plays, when everyone knows the plan, execution is easier. And when you're in your playbook and you're studying it, you know your role too. Again, I knew where I was supposed to be. I knew what I was going to do. Right? And then teammate, he studies it. He knows his part. He knows where he's supposed to be. Hey, I'm supposed to set a screen on this play. Hey, I'm supposed to come off the screen and shoot the ball on this play. This play's set up for me to get a shot. Hey, this offense is set up for, right? And so when the team knows the plays, it, it brings chemistry. It brings unity. It brings a togetherness, and it makes execution uh, easier. But just the opposite when the team don't know. It can take just one not knowing uh, to throw everything off to make chemistry look bad, to make a team look bad, and to make execution difficult. And when I was studying this one, I just, I've never thought about studying God's Word this way. Uh, and maybe that's selfish, I don't know. But have you ever thought that when you don't get in God's Word, when you're not studying the playbook, it's not just you it's hurting. It's hurting the team. It's hurting the church. I've never, till, I, till studying this out, I never thought of it that way. When I don't get in the Word, when you don't get in the Word, when we're not studying the Word, it's not just hurting you, it's hurting the team, it's hurting the church, the church as a whole, because it's causing execution uh, to be a little more difficult. And so, when you don't know your plays, you just think about it. I just said it earlier, when you ain't in the playbook, you're probably not serving. And so, when you're not serving, it's making it harder on the people that are serving because they're having to do more when you're not in your playbook less likely that you're living that set apart and sanctified life you know how that hurts the team 
a lot of people out there think really bad about the church because of the way Christians live. And so they, they get this hypocritical, well, the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. And it's because you're not in your playbook, and so you don't know the do's and the don'ts of what his playbook says to do. And then when you're not in the playbook, you, ain't, you probably ain't sharing, and you probably ain't witnessing, you probably ain't trying to win souls. And so when we ain't in the playbook, it doesn't just hurt us as individuals. It hurts the entire church as a whole, the entire team. And we should strive to be a unit uh, that comes together just like a well-oiled machine, a well-oiled team that we know the plays, we know our roles, and we're executing on what God's plays are and the calls for our lives. And so it brings unity. It brings togetherness. And it's a collective effort, so we need everyone on the same page. But then thirdly, it gets you in the game. I don't know how many times as a coach uh, you hear players or parents whine about, not getting enough playing time. Not getting enough playing time. All the time. Players, all the time. Parents, all the time. I don't remember it as much uh, when I was a player because I was just playing, I guess. But now it's like, man, they, there's so many people that have so much to say. Uh, and so as I was thinking about it, <laughs> as I was thinking about it, when we know the playbook, it'll get us more playing time. Uh, and that's what everyone wants, I think, regardless of what sport it is, regardless, and even in our Christian life, I think everyone wants more, more playing time. They want to be more involved. They want to do more. Uh, I hope that's our desire. But it would be silly to think a coach would put a player in who can't run a play. If you don't know what you're doing and I stick you out there and call something and then you're just kind of lost, scared, intimidated, uh, you're not going to be in long. Uh, you're coming and sitting on the bench. And so why would it be any different? I feel like a lot of Christians, they whine because, oh, I can't teach or I can't preach or I can't do these different things in the church that other people do. And they're whining and crying and complaining. And sometimes I think Coach God might just be saying, just get in your playbook. You're not ready yet. Maybe if you'd get in your playbook, get more involved in knowing it, I would get you more involved in getting in the game. And so it's important that we get in our playbook if we want to get in the game, get involved, uh, and not whine and complain about what we can't or aren't getting to do, but just strive to get in the playbook to know it and understand what he wants us to do. And so, again, if you want playing time, you've got to know your playbook. You've got to know the plays. And then, fourthly, and this is my last point, I'll be through. When we are in our playbook, we know the plays. We're playing confidently. We're playing together. We're in the game. It brings success. Joshua 1, 7 through 9, right here, it says, I'm going to read 7 and 8, verses 7 and 8. It says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe... Uh, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then 
you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It brings success. We've talked about the execution and how, how teams do when they know it. Uh, prior tournament was this week. Watched a lot of basketball. Watched a lot of teams Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Probably in the three days watched probably somewhere between eight and ten games. Uh, and so watching them, you could tell what teams knew what was going on. You could tell the ones who had been in the gym. You could tell the ones who had been in the playbook. You'd tell the ones who had been uh, trying to get to know the plays, get to perfect the plan, and it led to their success. And that's what Joshua right here is saying. When we know the plays, when we meditate on those plays day and night, when we don't let it depart from us but we keep it and understand it and do it, we can be prosperous and we can be successful. A team that knows the plays, a Christian that knows the plays, a church that knows the plays, is going to execute and will often be successful. And in our Kingdom Fit Men's group, we kind of got discussing, well, what does successful and prosperous look like? Because to the world, successful and proper, prosperous uh, looks way different than to what it looks like for us as Christians. Because there's many successful and prosperous Christians that the world would not call successful and prosperous. And so we got into some discussion, well, what's it look like? And one of the things brought up was the definition of prosperous. And it's to advance or gain in or at something or to thrive. Prosperous means to advance or gain in or at something to thrive. Just think about where we are in Joshua. Joshua was one of two, the other was Caleb, to advance, to prosper into the promised land because they trusted and obeyed that God would deliver it to them. Think about Noah. Noah advanced, he prospered through the flood because he trusted God when he said there would be a flood and he obeyed God when he said build the ark. Think about Gideon. Gideon prospered, he advanced with victory over the Midianites because he trusted God and obeyed God uh, to lead their army. Over and over and over in the Bible, there's men and women who prospered, they advanced, they thrived because they trusted God's word and they obeyed God's word. And we, too, as a church, as individuals, can prosper and have success if we will trust God's playbook, it's perfect, and we will obey God's playbook and the calls that he has for our life. And so I kind of done said it, and Dave, if you want to come up and get ready for a song of invitation. Uh, this weekend, it was pretty evident what teams knew what was going on, what teams had the unity, what teams had it figured out, what teams was trusting in the coach and doing what the coach said. And you've seen it Thursday, kind of gets you some ideas. You've seen it Friday, you get some ideas. But then Saturday, you knew for sure because at the end of the game, they was presented with the trophy that they got to hoist to their fans, to the crowd, and they were crowned champions. But then not only that, they had, they had an all-tournament team. 
the best individuals, the ones who, who played the well, who thrived, uh, the ones who, who did it the best throughout the, throughout the tournament. And they presented them with, with plaques or trophies of some sort as, hey, you had individual success uh, this week. And as I was thinking about that and looking for my closer and just talking about success and prospering, man, I want to win. And one of the things mentioned in that uh, talking about success is I've, I don't like going to an awards banquet and not getting no awards. That's just not, I want to call it selfish, call it what you want. I like to win and I want the awards. And one of my thoughts was I think the most successful, one of the, one of the things that would be considered a successful life is to get to heaven stand before the Lord and hear well done my good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord and then get some crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus that's what I consider successful and if we're in the playbook if we're studying and growing we can do just that so everybody stand heads bowed eyes closed are you studying your playbook it's vital. It's vital for the church. It's vital for you as an individual. And maybe you're here today and you're wanting in the game, but you're realizing you ain't even on the team yet. I would take you back to that first play that we talked about early on, the play of salvation. Today, if you haven't been saved, if you're not on the right team, I'd love to show you, we'd love to show you how to get on the right team, how to be saved, how to join the team, and then start executing the plays. And so, altars are open. Christians, if you need to come, ask God to help you get in the playbook and know the plays better, execute better, come. If you need to be saved, come. Father, I come to you, I just thank you. I pray that you would uh, just have us, your people, respond in a way that's pleasing to you, Father. And I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that they wouldn't leave here without doing so. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, convict them so hard they can't leave. Lord, I pray that you would just help us, challenge us to get in our playbooks, to know the place, to execute the place. In Jesus' name, amen.